Hello, my friends. It's Andy and Hedia coming to you live from Yorba Linda, California for the Living Fearless Devotional. A production of ResurrectMinistry.com, harnessing the power of the internet to share the gospel to every corner of the earth. It is our dream, our desire, our passion, as I'm sure it is yours, to spread the gospel with people who may not even know Christ yet and are looking for a way to meet the living God. So we have Bible uh, resources, pastors, worship bands, books you may like, um, our past broadcasts, articles I've written for the Christian Post. We love to hear from you too. So if you drop us a line and suggest something, um, we love to hear from you. Or if you have a prayer request or you want to pray for us, uh, we love that especially. And if you care to partner with us, you can click the donate now button. For this video, if you're watching on a podcast or some other network, if you could please share this broadcast with your friends and family, anyone you think that might be interested, and subscribe or click the like button, and also notify, get notifications of when we go live so that you could join us. Uh, we love having our friends join us live. Yep. And for those of you that saw that we were going to be on at 8.30, we had to move it to uh, 9. We had a little bit of a traffic jam that we had to get through. So I got stuck. Got stuck. <laughs> and so we had to move it. So you're not going crazy. It was scheduled for 8.30, but uh, about a half an hour ago, 45 minutes ago, I had to change it to 9 o'clock. But we're on. Either way, we're on. Here we and are. we're glad that you're here with us. And we have, uh, uh, push the button, uh, Lisa. How you doing, Lisa? Hi, Lisa. And Carrie. Carrie was on really early. So I think she came on at about that 8.30 hour, but yes. it's good. Thanks for waiting, Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> we're glad that you're here. All right, let's jump into it with, uh, we're reading from uh, Charles Spurgeon, Morning by Morning for August 1st. The reference is Ruth 2, 2. It says, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain. From the pen of Charles Spurgeon, he writes, <laughs> It says it, so I I read it. It's unnecessary. Depressed and troubled Christian. Yes. Come and glean today in God's field of promise. Here you will find an abundance of precious promises that will precisely meet your needs. Take this one, for example. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. Does that fit your situation? Are you a bruised reed, helpless, insignificant, and weak? A reed that cannot produce (laughs) any music? Weaker than weakness itself? You may be a bruised reed, but he will not break you. On the contrary, he will restore and strengthen you. Are you like a smoldering wick without light and warmth coming from you? If, uh, If so, he will not snuff you out. But he but will blow his sweet breath of mercy on you till he fans you into a glowing flame. Oh, that's beautiful. Do you want a you want (laughs) do you want to glean another ear of grain? How about come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. What soft and kind words. Your heart is fragile, and the master knows it. So he speaks over ever so gently to you. Why don't you obey and go to him even now? Take another ear of grain. Do not be afraid, O worm, Jacob, O little Israel, for I myself will help you, declares the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. How can you be afraid of such a wonderful assurance as this? 
and there are 10,000 golden ears like these for you to gather, such as, I have swept away your, your offenses like a cloud, your sins like the morning mist, or this, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be a white, as white as snow, though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. And this, the spirit and the bride say, come, and let him who hears say, come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come. And whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. Our master's field is rich with grain. Behold the bundles. See, see, poor and timid believer. They are lying there before you. Gather them and make them your own. For Jesus wants you to take them. Don't be afraid. Only believe. Grasp his sweet promises. Reap them with meditation and then feed on them with joy. There you go. Amen. Oh, amen. So all those things he has an answer for. But but what happens? What, what do, you do, do we not, are we not patient? Are we, um, are we too caught up in what it is that we feel um, and want to feel sorry for ourselves? What, what's, what, what keeps us from remembering that he has an answer for all these griefs and weaknesses and sins and all the stuff we go through human I, nature human nature yeah yeah i uh i was just struck by i can tell the story later about um this video i watched for a friend of mine but it, it i'm struck by all of these examples at the juxtaposition of the glory of christ and the living god as compared to islam and mm-hmm. it just just these words are the promises of God in the Bible and the kindness, the generosity, the abundance, the the loving care is just so diametrically opposite to anything um, you learn um, from the Quran or from Islam. And it, and as he as he goes through the, that list, I would think God, one of the greatest things you could probably ever do for a Muslim is let me talk to you a little bit about my God and then just read these scriptures. Yeah. You know, it's so powerful uh, to witness or evangelize people with just the word of God. Um, That'd be a, a useful cheat sheet. Yes. You could even carry around even in the church. Yeah. In, in the church. <laughs> yeah. In the church. When you sit next to somebody and they go, Hey, how are you today? Oh, you uh, know, I have a hangnail and it's really hurts uh, and it's, making me angry and I yell at everybody. <laughs> well, let's see what, <laughs> and then find something. Um, but as a, I mean, it's a good list of stuff. And like they say, there's even more than that. Of course. If, if we were to look through the Bible and find them. Um, is there anyone in particular that hits you today? I, I think for me, um, oh my gosh. The sins are like scarlet. <laughs> <laughs> That's one that struck me, though. Oh, really? Your sins are like scar- scarlet. You'll be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. Uh, it's just they will exist no more. Um, so I'm, I have to read through them again because there was a couple of them that I just kind of like laughed at. But, or whoever is thirsty, let him come. Whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. Just oh, the weary one. I didn't I had to go all the way to the top. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. 
And it's not from, I think, what you would think, like too much of something, too much work or too much um, driving around the kids. It's nothing like that. There are just things that. um, What? Also burdens too. Oh, no, I don't mind it. Um, But that's you don't mind. Yeah, I don't mind it. That's what I'm talking about me. Um, It's the, the repetitiveness of of certain things that continue um, to occur. And you go, oh, can, can we just not have this happen again? So um, one of those things was was yesterday, and I had a, I had a talk with my daughter, uh, my 15-year-old daughter, um, about making assumptions that I will pay for all of her friends to eat. <laughs> And it's not that I want. So I want. I want to make sure this is clear. So um, quite often, I, I'll, like yesterday, I picked up like four girls from uh, cheerleading practice. Right. And then you know, of course, Ray's hungry, and so let's go to. I forgot where we went. I think in the end, with she wanted to go, of course, to her normal places, but the girls, the other girls, wanted um, uh, flame broiler. So we walk in the flame broiler, and I'm kind of standing back. And I'm watching the dynamics and all of a sudden I see, you know, Ray go up and then Ray goes like this. And then the, the other girl goes up and then she goes and the other girl goes and they all order their food. All nice girls. Yeah. Right. And then, and then they all order. And then Ray goes, dad. Like, <laughs> yeah, like she knows I'm not eating flame broiler. Yeah. It was to come pay for the, the, the girls, all of them. Wow. Yeah. And so that it's that. And like I told her today and I said, this, you know, and she knew I was mad. This was a day. I didn't, I didn't tell her last and night. And so you didn't mention anything. They didn't have money with them. You don't know. No, I don't know. say anything. Okay. And I want to get to the part that, <laughs> that, so I didn't say anything last night I and, and I didn't story, say anything but... this morning because I knew she was going to try out. So I didn't want to start off with a, <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, you knucklehead. Um, so I waited till she went and then it was after I picked her up. And uh, I said, Ray. And she goes, I know you're not, you're mad at me. And I go, what am I mad about? She goes, yesterday. I go, I go, Ray. <laughs> I go, see, I mean, I may, maybe now I'm even more mad. <laughs> because I know, I know that you know. Yeah. I said, it's, and listen, and I try, and I try to explain, I want you guys to know that if the, if we go somewhere with the girls, I, I will more than likely pay for them anyway. I just want to see the effort of saying, oh, I got money. Or I have, or they, you know, like me, you know, Ray has a credit card that she can use uh, that I fill and stuff like that, that I, I, or ask, oh, the girls are hungry and, but they don't have any money, but they'll get me, you know, tonight when we go to the movies or something like that. You know what I mean? Just just something more than, and that's what I said. I said, Hey, concierge, you know, Hey, Uber driver pay for the meal. This is the burden and the tire. I I, I'm exhausted from having the same conversation. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> over and well, over insanity's again. Uh, doing the same thing <laughs> over again expecting different results <laughs> oh I, uh, yeah but um but yeah that that's that the, that's the thing that i'm a little bit but you know we had a really good talk about it whether it'll change anything i just said you know what i'm i'm not against saying something in front of your friends i said you ought to be if really happy if you just don't do it once, just walked around. If you just turned around and walked back in the car, it would never happen again. Yeah, but I, you know, I don't. It's I know I I should do that, but I you mean, the, but these girls are so nice. 
and they're all thankful and they're all like, oh, thank you, Mr. Falco. You know, really pretty. I mean, they're just so, you know, what am I going to do? Am I, I going to be a jerk? Like, I don't want to be I a think, jerk. I want to be I want to be the guy that's wearing this cross. If you did it, once, <laughs> I don't think it's a, being a jerk. It's an assumption. What do you guys think? I mean, what do, I mean, how do you handle that as a, a Christian dad? I mean, it really was. I mean, the, the worst part was the. The, the right, which happens the, all the time, the the the, the snap and the uh, <laughs> hey, get over here. You got a you got a job to do, bro. <laughs> what what do you what are you standing back there for? But I purposely stood back. I wanted to see what was going to happen. And of course, what happened was it made me mad. But I smiled and I Apple and Pay, I paid. Apple Pay, <laughs> <laughs> and I gave I, Ray a look. And then she, I think that's what she remembered is that I gave her a look, and uh, and that came up today. So, okay, we don't want to get spend too much time on this. No, <laughs> but I mean that's where I go. That's why I'm asking because I go to prayer or I ask God, what am I? You know, where, what, what, you know, am I always supposed to be Mister Good Guy? Am I always supposed to be happy? Hey, happy to shell it out, Dad? Or you know, where does where does this where, where what what happens? But I just get oh my gosh, I get so tired and exhausted <laughs> with this nonsense, and it's mostly her. Yes, <laughs> and the entire family knows that because you just keep doing it. <laughs> you you just keep giving in, and we all know, and she does too. So why would she stop? <laughs> Uh, okay go ahead yes yeah, carrie that's great what she say? uh next time ask if they have money if not then it's mcdonald's yeah yes yeah i mean because i you can't wait until you're already at the checkout line right I, in the car you have to have said hey does everybody have money um if not then i'll just go home and get a pizza mm not take everybody to flame boy and then wait till you get inside and figure out, yeah. Oh my God, nobody has money, you know? but they all look so hungry, but you can get a pizza. I'm hungry. You can get a pizza. You don't have to get fame. Boiler. Right. I hear you. What's Lisa's have to say. It's one thing. If you invite your daughter and her friends out to eat, then you should pay. But if they take advantage of you, then they have it wrapped around their fingers. In my opinion, <laughs> Bingo. I hate that. Bingo. I hate that so much. Uh, Courtney gets so mad at Ray for doing that. Yeah, we all do. Courtney's smiling. <laughs> we all do. It's so annoying to watch. Yeah, okay. That's it. I put my foot down. Yeah, okay. That's it. That's the last time that's going to happen. I told uh, her. I said, that's it. not going to happen again. I go, I'm going to be rude. <laughs> I told her, I'm going to be rude in front of your friends. So don't do it again. You don't need to be rude. I'm going to be rude. Just make it clear. No. I like to go to the other extreme. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Carrie agrees. Anyways. Carrie agrees at least. Yeah. Okay. So, um, God's promises. Mm. Should we go to Jim? Sure. Let's listen to what Jim has to say. Okay. From the, the more articulate, heady, uh, Falco Jimenez, <laughs> Mary, Mary Madi. Oh, the believer's true nourishment comes from the word of God, but it is often sorely neglected. Yet the more time we spend in his word, the more we will love it and the stronger we will be. As Spurgeon says today, we need to feed on God's promises with joy. In fact, as we spend time with the Lord in his word, our joy will increase. For David said, you will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. 
That was from Psalm 1611. David loves God. David loved God's word and understood the benefits of knowing, obeying and loving it for later. He wrote, Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it day and night. Your commands make me wiser than my enemies for they are ever with me. I have more insight than all my teachers for I meditate on your statutes. I have more understanding than the elders for I obey your precepts. That's from Psalm 119. And David knew the blessings of reaping nourishment from the word for he continued, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Mm -hmm. Amen. That's the debt. I mean, that's just the secret of this devotional. And to me, it came up in terms of evangelizing or witnessing, but just being in God's word, letting it remind you of his promises, letting him remind you of the fact that he relieves burdens, um, that all of his promises are true, that he never leaves us and forsakes us. All the beautiful things. I think we see his promises and his love. It, it It's these little moments of, um, of a, like a little bit of a pat on the head every so often that he gives us. Like you got a call. I, I won't say what it exactly it was unless you want to, um, but you got a call from a old friend, an yes. old friend who works for a very well-known evangelist yes. Yes. and, and asked you to be a part of it. And I, and, and, and whether or not that you take it or what it's, it's that offer or that, that, that um, acknowledgement that you are doing something where it can be used even at the highest levels of uh, yeah, Christianity. I, I loved it. It was really such an yeah. honor. It was really such an honor. Well, we'll share it in, when we can. I'm not sure when, when you can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I only have to bring it. I only reason I bring it up is because those are those little things that come along. Pastor Jack asked us to be on his network. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and it's not touting anything that's doing with us. It's just how God operates that, you know, you stay true, you pray, you, um, you know, you stay in, in the word. Are you faithful? Uh, are you I'm faithful? And then there's these little things that get that, these little pats on the head that he gives us. Well, and I was telling um, a friend of mine who works in DC, the importance of being kind. Mm. Um, because I said, it's a, it's a big town with small, it's a small town with long memories. Mm. Um, and everybody um, eventually is just like musical chairs. So somebody who today is your colleague is going to be your boss one day. Mm. And I just realized that in this experience I had with my old friend that called that it's the same thing in every world in which you operate is that, um, it's so important to be kind. It's so important to be a gracious human being because you never know. I never in a million years would have guessed at first of all, I met this person on Facebook. Um, and, uh, we ended up figuring out that we lived close. Uh, no, he was visiting, um, from out of town. We went and met up when we met up. So, Hey, how are you? Just chit chatted a little bit. Um, and then he introduced me to this lady who, you know, He's like, I think you guys really like each other. And her and I became great friends. We mm -hmm. actually serve on an organization with her. She called us in to help her with the California Parent Alliance. Um, and then now, three years later, he's like, oh, congratulations. You got married. Hey, I'm working on this project. I'd love for you to consult for us. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's entirely so unbelievably random. But, um, not, but not. But not. Yeah. It's just so important to... Um, to just be a good human being. Yeah. 
and Carrie even affirms that with my situation. Andy, I agree with Lisa. Don't go uh, from holy dad to rude parent. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. You want to ruin Thank my witness. Ladies. Yeah, because Lisa's saying you're, you're too old to allow yourself to get. Well, I didn't want to read that part, that too old part. I, uh, I skipped that. Oh my God. I love it. <laughs> That's so true. I mean, these things can just come around that you never know how you impacted fault. somebody. It's your- oh, I mean, how, oh. I'm going back to your statement, oh, okay. how you impacted somebody five, 10, 15 years ago. Um, I mean, I see that in result in relationship to speaking in Las Vegas 10 years ago about dogs. Yeah. Oh, we get that all the time get, from we, your work. We get calls today from that event. You just never know who you're going to even meet at the hallway or even in the restroom. I've met men in the men's restroom. I don't know if you remember, but we were in the men's restroom and I asked you about something and, oh yeah. (laughs) But wherever it is, you got to, I mean, sometimes you don't feel like it, right? Sometimes you you really don't feel like you want to be that nice, that nice. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's, sometimes it's exhausting. It really is, but you never know when it's going to really matter. It's just, um, just a really, it's a really important thing. I remember, especially also with my father, he was so loved that when he passed, it was, there was an, a place I could go that they wouldn't um, oh, give gosh. me their condolences, tell me what an amazing man he was. I mean, whether it was the hospital, the grocery store, the bank, uh, the, the movie theater, like wherever he frequented, everyone's like, I'm so sorry. Your dad was amazing. He was such an amazing human being, you know, it just, mm-hmm. To leave the earth with that kind of a legacy. Yeah. So awesome. One day yeah, to be so able good. to do that. Um, so scripture. Isaiah 42.3, a bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. The prophetic scripture of Jesus. Uh, Matthew 11.28, come to me all you who are who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I love that scripture. Isaiah 44, 22, I have swept away your offenses like a cloud and your sins like the morning mist. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. Those words are eternal. You could hear that, him saying that to us, even today, Mm -hmm. to the sinner who comes to him for the first time. Isaiah 118, come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. <laughs> Revelation twenty two seventeen. That Isaiah, that 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 what you just read. It, it, it's so hard for people <laughs> in 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 your life who knew you when you were red crimson. It's so hard for them to see you forgiven and see I, you as white as snow they, they cannot it, let it go but i wonder if it's because they haven't experienced it hmm. i do i don't think anyone who has truly experienced the redemptive power of christ would deny seeing it in someone else i think it's because you haven't that person has not experienced it hmm. that's good i've come to that conclusion um, it may be harder. It may, they may take a little bit of convincing because like, for example, people um, know that they were saved from like a difficult lifestyle, whatever, but then they see uh, somebody who's like a murderer mm. or, you know, was in jail for 20 years and they're like, ah, 
don't, you know, they get a little more nervous till they believe that they're redeemed. And then they're like, okay, okay. Yeah, no, no, no. I get it. Sure. They are, you know, yep. but they eventually come around. Yeah. I mean, I could talk about the, um, the, how the events occurred that, you know, I, I got to a point where I just realized that it was all, you know, everything that I had gone through was no, was not God's fault. <laughs> I come to that realization, right. At 40 some odd years or 50 years, whatever it was, however old I was, uh, 50 something. And, uh, and then just out of, um, a response of realizing that I just fell, fell to my knees. And I'm not sure if I actually fell to my knees, but in my, in my flesh fell to my knees and, and asked for forgiveness and, and uh, repented. And, and, and in that order, then Jesus appears to me and essentially says, come now, let us settle this matter. I mean, that, that's, you know, reading this, it just gave me the chills is that this scripture that I've, I have, I've probably read before, but it, I don't ever remember reading it until just now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that that's what happened? Is that he met me in the Marriott in Salt Lake City, Utah, in that room, and and essentially was telling me by his presence there, "Come now, let us settle the matter." Says the Lord, "Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow; though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool." And I left that in a daze, and I've shared that. Yes. And I shared it to, you know, people that, you know, just don't believe it. <laughs> but, I, but it happened in that. It happened almost just like that. If he would have said those words, it would have been fantastic. But I, it's the only thing I can tell you is that that's reading this now is essentially what happened in that room. Awesome. Is that he settled that matter by showing up. Amen. So awesome. So sorry about that. Keep going. <laughs> I, I don't know. That, that just happened. That was hit, beautiful. That happened. Hit it. Revelation twenty two seventeen. the spirit and the bride say, come and let the one who hears say, come, let the one who is thirsty come and let the one who wishes to take the free gift of the water mm-hmm. of life. Ruth two sixteen. even pull some of the stocks out for her, Boaz said from the bundles and leave them for her to pick up and don't rebuke her. This is the story of Naomi and Ruth and Boaz. Every woman looks for their her Boaz, hmm. her Prince Charming. <laughs> uh, Lisa said she read Psalm 119 aloud. Oh, yes. A beautiful, powerful prayer protection. Hmm. Absolutely. Hey, Kate. Nice to see you. Hi, Kate. What does Kate have to say? It says, how lovely to enter into these lovely scriptures. <laughs> yes. Awesome. And? Um, Matt, her son and their children were supposed to come see her today, but they leave, uh, before they leave next week, she was waiting for them to arrive and got a call saying Amelia was sick. So I won't get to meet my grandson. Oh, oh no. When you say meet your grandson, you mean you won't be able to see him before he leaves. God willing. She's not been able to meet him in person before. Yeah. God willing. That will happen before they leave. Kate. They have to make time. Yes. We'll be praying. Yes. Praying for that. Oh, such difficult times that she's going through. I just. um, We're sorry. I wish we lived in Australia. (laughs) (laughs) We could go visit her. Yeah. So far away that we can't just hop on the freeway and get over there. No. But uh, but definitely we can pray. And we're reaching her today through the 
through the camera. <laughs> um, can we get that now? Can you pray for? Yeah, of course. Kate? Uh, dear Lord, this, uh, you work in mysterious ways. Your ways are not our ways and your ways are your wisdom and your knowledge is higher than ours. And um, we just can't seem to make sense sometimes of what you're doing and how you're working. But we ask that you um, bring peace for our sister Kate and that you bless her family and and help her to have um, peace with the decision for them to leave and that it be a blessing for them and the people that they will encounter um, in Canada as they move along their way and that you will send um, wonderful brothers and sisters to surround Kate um, and to keep her company and to give her um, good fellowship with other believers that will lift her up and be a source of support um, for her as this is a time of difficult transition for her. Um, we love you, Lord, and we trust you. We trust you with um, with our lives, with everything that we have, Lord. And uh, we trust what you're doing in and through us. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we ask all things. Amen. Amen. Yeah, she's not met him yet. Aww. Um, you have not met him yet. Uh, she has not met him yet, but they are selling their car tomorrow. And at, she's at peace, but sad. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Um, you have an article coming out. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> this is the goofiest one yet, folks. I, I want, couldn't help it. I had to write it. I just wanted to hit it before uh, before we sign off. But uh, you tackle the uh, issue with unidentifying uh, aerial phenomena. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Unidentified they aerial phenomena. They changed the name. A.K.A. UFOs. <laughs> Space aliens uh, and, and paranormal activity and paranormal activity. Mm. I watched like a hundred hours of Skinwalker Ranch nonsense. Uh, and I, I just, cause I was listening. <laughs> oh, I love the internet folks. Uh, but so I watched the hearings, um, researching, you know, it's actually my specialty open source intelligence. So I'm researching, I'm researching, the um, participants, the witnesses, and then I'm trying to understand the office that held it and um, the office they claim to represent realizes a bit of controversy about who actually was running this office and what the name of it was. And then as I just kept digging, um, I discovered that it was all for the past 15, 20 years been connected to this Skinwalker Ranch place. Originally, 500 acres out in Utah, owned by the Mormons, um, and then bought by this guy, Bigelow. Can't find whether he's Mormon or not, but every owner other than him was Mormon. Mm -hmm. um, Senator Harry Reid funds the project because he wants to investigate um, whether there's aliens. And all of this mm -hmm. basically leading back to what appears to me to be a way of legitimizing alien activity in order to legitimize Mormonism. Uh, and... My conclusion, after all the wacky things, um, and some of it, I mean, the paranormal phenomena, the, the spacecraft, whatever they think it, that might be, some of that may be legitimate, but its connection to this other somewhat goofy stuff um, just makes me think that it's not credible. But most importantly, what I felt, what I was at, um, happy about feeling at the end of the experience was I wasn't afraid. Mm. I wasn't concerned. 
it wasn't like at the beginning of COVID, we were like, oh my God, are we all going to die? Like, <laughs> is the plague hitting yeah. the country? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you had no, we had no idea whether we were suddenly yeah. hit with the black plague, you know, and then people would be dropping like flies next to us. Yeah. Um, so I didn't feel any of that. Like the Lord had gave me this, just this sense of peace that this is just nonsense. And um, then I cite the scripture in Matthew 24, that there'll be great deceptions that come in the last days and that even the, even the elect would be deceived if God permitted it. Um, and that it's just, let's just stay focused on Jesus. Yeah. So that was my conclusion, but I, uh, um, and you found out that Harry Reid was Mormon. Was Mormon. It's yeah. all, it's all connected to Mormons. Like <laughs> serious. Well, they have a serious desire to, to bring planetary exploration Yes. Uh, into a into into mainstream yeah <clears throat> in the sense that they're rising up to these different planets because they get assigned a planet when they die oh i didn't even it, put that part in yeah they get assigned a planet <laughs> and i believe it's the men get assigned the planet if of i'm course. not mistaken of course and then the women the then their wives <laughs> will and their kids will join them on their planet which then they are the gods of that planet. As far as I understand, I could be wrong. Those of you that I, I've had Mormons in my family and I, I know just enough to be dangerous and probably get some of it confused. You know, you got the salamander that spoke to, you know, what's his name? Smith. Who's, who's the guy who cre he created it? He well, I mean, let's put it this way. John Smith or no, I John mean, no Jacob. Jingle, to Smith. Any of you who have family members that are Mormons, but it's just like somebody telling me that there's this community of witches who's discovered a portal to the next world. I'm like, whatever you guys are selling, I ain't buying. Mm. Like, I, I don't whatever it is you're selling, I'm not buying. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's so connected with um, the demonic that there's just no credibility to it. Mm -hmm. So um, I read this one. Oh man, a brilliant. I couldn't, I couldn't include it in the article because it was way too technical, but one guy who documented all of this and was basically like, is there a single UFO researcher not connected to Skinwalker Ranch? <laughs> and he literally wrote out and grafted with a graph how they all lead back to one another. Mm. Um, and so my moral of the story in the article is like, this whole thing is just nutty and keep your eyes on Jesus. You know, before you started this research, I never connected the Mormons to UFOs ever. And I never heard a skin. I never heard a skin walk ranch ever. And who knew there's a, a TV series on, on the history five, channel, five seasons, five already. seasons of the, like what? I never even heard of such a thing. Right. And they can't focus on one thing. It's they're They're either chasing ghosts or UFOs or werewolves or all these like oh pick one like is this real which one is it is the it, is it the, the, the beaver diner the, the, the beaver dinosaur yeah the beaver dinosaur you gotta watch it it's a little bit lizard. it's really but nutty like it's so crazy like they go well let's just attack this this is you know Throw. bigfoot bigfoot's here <laughs> chubacabra <laughs> the Loch Ness monsters and a little bit of a lake that's over there in the corner. It was, it's the craziest thing. And you got this guy who's a multi-millionaire, if not billionaire yep. who owns it, who is the head of the Mormons or something like that. One of the leaders of the Mormon church who runs the whole thing. And yes. he, he is creepy. creepy. He walks around on some days looking like Steve jobs. <laughs> yeah, he's it, it really creepier is. than creep. And, and it's, there's so there, it's such an, a, a large part of everything that you think is just about UFOs, it, it stems from 
these people. Yes. <laughs> like who? I had no idea. And I wrote in the article, did Congress know? <laughs> did the people on the Hill know when they, because when I, uh, I've testified three, twice, um, there was a substantial vetting process before you're allowed to testify. Mm. And I'm thinking to myself, did somebody vet these guys before they testified? Like it's the first major public hearing. Did you know these guys were all connected to Skinwalker Ranch? Like, don't you think that is uh, risky for the credibility? And then the things that David Gresh, I, you know what? I don't, I, I don't have anything personal against that guy, but um, all the things that he claimed existed, that he promised to provide evidence at the end of the hearing, his superiors in the office denied. Mm -hmm. And um, then he also said he'd never seen it. That he'd never seen it personally. Yeah. Right. But that he had a whole list <laughs> of witnesses. Heard. Yeah. yeah. Which is never allowed in a court of law. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Hearsay and, is not, and is not evidence. Goofy pictures of him <laughs> with the other guys from Skinwalker at a UFO conference. You know, the kind where the guys wear the hats yeah. and... Yeah, tinfoil. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and, so. we, and I don't want to get this confused. And I'm not sure. Uh, I, I, I'm trying to remember because you read the article to me today um, on how you address, because we do ha have uh, the issue of demons and demonic things that occur. Yes. We've seen it. And we've uh, uh, on the streets, we've seen guy, people that have been possessed. Um, I mean, horribly. Yes. And and it's too much to get into on this show, but we've talked about it a little bit before. Um, and so those those occurrences are real, yeah. but can't get confused with the nonsense that's going at Skinwalker Ranch. Right. I mean, like if they want to tell me if the hearing was about demonic activity, I'd be like, bro, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like totally like let's mainstream demonic activity. But to claim it's an alien from another planet that's a little green Martian right. um, is just preposterous Yep. Um, because it is connected to all this other wacky stuff that these people do. Um, so, so let's go back up here. And there's so a number of Christian theories about um, whether uh, God created life forms in, on other planets, whether it's the Nephilim or it's demons or other um, unfallen beings. There are some theories that they are other um, beings that are not um, fallen creatures. Uh, I'm just going with the whole demon thing. Did you talk to your editor over there at the Christian Post about this article? No. She, she, she doesn't even know it's coming? She doesn't know it's coming. <laughs> I wonder what she's going to say. I so I, the reason I ask is because I was, it'll come out on Thursday if she doesn't kick it back. Yeah, she's never kicked it. Yeah, but do you think anything with the Mormon having the no, the, no, no, they're not fans. Dr. Land is not a fan, a fan of the Mormon, no, the, the LDS, no. All right, so Carrie says she's been looking into this issue too. Oh, yeah, cool. I didn't know that. And Carrie says demons are psyops, yeah. And and either one, frankly, to me, is one and the same. Well, that, because, that's actually a good title for your, your article. Well, and I. I mean, it's already at a 1400 words, but I was going to go down the whole rabbit hole of Stargate and MKU 12, which is all the use of hallucinogens and uh, the government thinking that they were going to use psychics to predict what's going to happen in war. I mean, there's all these like crazy experimental stuff mm. and um, Christians, especially always their, their scholars look back and say, this is all 
connected to the demonic. All of the metaphysical, new agey, other planet, the dimensional things that get discussed and psychics as well is all the occult. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're not saying that it's impossible. It's not saying that you cannot get messages from a demon so that you will, they, you have the assurance that you, that it gets the assurance you will do what it asks you to do. Um, That what the devil wants you to do, you end up doing because they tell you information Mm -hmm. that is all true. But the fact that they want to couch it in this other terminology to entice people to to listen to it, mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain it. Is you don't want people to give credibility to something that's actually plain and simply from the devil. Yeah, well, when you when you call it something else, when you bring it to Congress in the way right. that they did, that that is bringing some legitimacy to it. At least that's the attempt. Right. It's kind of something, it's like the same thing I tell my daughter, where nowadays people are just like, it's, this is not witchcraft. Take these crystals. It is, there's healing properties. The purple one means love. And, and so they're just, you know what? They're just trying to convince you. This has nothing to do with the occult. This is just, this is the earth. This is the earth because the crystals and they're like, and it's good for you. And it's earth. And I was like, listen to me. This is the occult. This is witchcraft and black magic. Don't try to dress it up as something else. That's what this is. Um, but when they masquerade it as something else, it has the greater ability to deceive people. Hence why I cited the scripture of the increase in deception in the last days. And that's what we have to protect ourselves from. Just have nothing to do with it. Mm. So it should be out on Thursday, your article. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> should be. <laughs> uh, cases. Definitely deception. Yep. And I had an excuse for why millions of Christians are going to miss the rapture. <laughs> That's funny. And then suddenly Carrie says it's raining. It's raining. It's raining. Uh, yeah. Is it raining here too? No. You know, I just got my car washed yesterday and it started, it poured and dirtied up my car. Carrie says so. they need re- aliens to explain the rapture. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Did I ever explain the dream? Did I explain the dream Uh-oh. today? No. Is this um, a of story? My, of my friend? No, from Egypt. Yeah. The Egyptian. <laughs> oh, yes. Yesterday. Did I explain it? Yeah. Online? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. I, I mean, to explain it. You did, did talk I tell about the dream? it. Yeah. 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 Uh, look at a project Blue Beam or Blue Book. Because the Blue Book one was a study of the UFOs that the that CIA did. Or is it Blue Beam? Blue Beam is horrific. Oh, no. Lisa, Lisa knows what Blue Beam is. Okay. Uh, I will look it up. Yeah, we'll have to look that up. Is it gruesome? I don't like gruesome stuff, folks. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm I, I can't wait to read the uh, the comments. Oh no! On your article, those are the sometimes it's, they're this fun. Is the funnest part. Yeah, they're pretty fun. <laughs> All right, anything else, my love? That's it. No, nope, we are done. It's a late night. Sorry again. Um, we come in a little bit later tonight, but uh, that's the way the rock and rolls around here. Yep, we got stuff going on. We got kids. Lots of people. Bloom. Bluebeam is a faux attack. Oh, fascinating. All right. Check that out. Have a look it up. All right, my friends. Love you guys. Love you guys. God God bless. bless. Take care. Bye. Oh, hey, we're still here. Bye.